welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. God greatly desires for you to live the blessed life. Look with me at what God said to us in the book of Jeremiah. And if you hang around here very often, you know that we, we tend to, to go back to this passage again and again. Would you read with me starting right here? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you a future and a hope. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Of course, that brings up the question, then why is there evil in the world? We're going to come to that in just a moment. But God intends for you to live the blessed life. King David wrote about it this way in Psalm 1 when he said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it doth he meditate day and night. That man shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season and its leaves does not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, when, when he talks about that man, he's not just talking about the male population. God wants to bless the women also. Amen. It means mankind. Amen. Amen. It's, it's, it's mankind. Any person, any person, God wants you living the blessed life. The Apostle Paul wrote it in the passage of Scripture that Pastor Darcy read for you this morning. And when he talked about, I, it's in Ephesians chapter 3, and he said, this is the prayer I pray for you. I pray for you that you will experience these six things in your life. And look at these six things listed for us in Ephesians chapter 3. You would be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit in the inner heart. That Christ would dwell in your hearts, would dwell in your hearts by faith. That you would be rooted and grounded in love. That your life is stable secure. Three times in the Holy Scripture, God says these words to you, that you might not stumble. God never meant for us to live a life just stumbling along, you know, and and he wants us to live a life that is secure, anchored, rooted, stable. Amen? He said that you would live wider, longer, deeper, and higher than you've ever lived in your life. That you may know the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth. Are you aware that God wants you to live at a higher life level than you're living right now? That he wants the roots of your life to go deeper than you've ever dreamed? That God wants to enlarge your borders? The prayer of Jabez. God bless me indeed. Enlarge my borders. May your hand be upon me. May I never cause pain. Wow. What a prayer. And God has that for you. That you would know the love of Jesus Christ beyond anything you could comprehend. 
Has anybody here just kind of been slammed by Jesus' love at some point in your life where you just went, oh my goodness, I would never have dreamed that. Amen? Sorry, I'm battling my headset today. It's not because my head got big on Friday because I beat my sister. I know somebody was thinking that. There are times that God wants to take his love and pour it into your life in such a way that it absolutely just makes you go, wow, wow, God, really, oh my. And, and, but not just a one-time experience. From that experience, when he gives you that experience, it's because he wants to then take it deeper into your life that that then becomes the level at which you live. Hmm. I, I want to say to all these graduates, we're so proud of you. But I want you to understand something. This is not the zenith. This isn't the water line now by which you live your life. I've, I've had some people through the years, I've heard them say, well, I just want to get through, I just want to get through school, graduate, I just want to get, and it's like, that's, that's the watermark. That's how high I want to live. Oh, listen, it's just the beginning. This is just the launching. Father wants it to go deeper and higher and wider than anything you've ever dreamed. And then, Look at this next one. This is amazing. That you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Really? I think sometimes we think in our life we get God's little finger. You know, or maybe, maybe a foot. Or maybe just God just comes and just touches us. We go, oh, that's so good. And how many know the touch of God is amazing in your life, right? When you know God's just touched you, you just kind of go... It's almost like grabbing a hold of 220, you know. <clears throat> but listen, God says, I want to fill your life with my fullness. So how big is God? If you want to know how big God is, go on YouTube and just look at the pictures from Hubble. And you go, oh, living God, you are amazing. Come on, amen? amen? How big is God? And he wants to live in you in his fullness. The Apostle Paul said, because he wants you to know, he wants to do things for you that is abundantly above and beyond anything you could imagine or think. What a life, amen? amen. What a life. How can we live this kind of life? Well, our mantra, right? You win or lose by the way you choose. Come on, say it with me. You win or lose by the way you choose. Come on. You win or lose by the way you choose. I, I'm sure every one of us in this room could think of a time when we sat back and we went, 
Did I really just do that? How dumb was that? You know, sometimes you just can't fix stupid, you know? And we've all been there. And we've all, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. We win or lose by the way we choose. And that's why we're doing this series. Because we, we've, we have grasped that the two most basic elements of life are the choices we make and the relationships we build. And if you're making quality choices and you're building healthy relationships, bank accounts and all that stuff doesn't measure our life. It only adds to it. It doesn't measure it. It only adds to it. Right? I mean, it's, it's really nice if you can drive a Porsche instead of a Pinto. It's really, really good if you can have, you know... A, a, a true steak instead of a McDonald's hamburger. Yeah. See, some, it, but it just, it just enhances. It doesn't make life. Your choices and your relationships are what make life. Not the dollar signs, not the toys. That's what makes life. And that's why we're doing this series. Eight choices that can revolutionize your life and make it better. And we've talked about how that we want to choose joy over pain. Amen? Amen. In just a moment we will. There we go. We want to choose joy over pain. Folks, life is way too short to live it in bitterness. And living in the pain of hurts and offenses. And we've all, we've all been there. That's why Jesus said, in this world, you will be offended. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that promise. <laughs> okay, because that's human life, right? I mean, if, if you haven't figured this out yet, let me, let me give you an awakening. And just, you might want to grab the side of the chair and just hang on. Because this is an incredible awakening. Get ready. Are you ready? Are you really ready? Some said no. Okay, you really ready yet? Okay. Life is not fair. It ain't fair, baby. Right? And there ain't no free lunch. Somebody's paying for it. May not be you, but somebody is. Okay? And so you've got to learn the power of choosing joy over pain. Because you're going to get hurt. You're going to get offended. Don't live in failure. Failure is an event, not an identity. God, there's no failures. It's just people that fail. But listen, choose to get up and move on and refuse to live in the rubble of mistakes and failures. Don't live there. Choose joy over pain. Choose joy over physical pain. There are things that are debilitating. There is disease in the world. And I got to tell you, some of the greatest impact in my life has come from people who lived in a wheelchair, who walked with canes or crutches, 
who were confined to a bed. But you talk about quality of life. And the reason they live quality of life is because they refuse to let the pain physically determine their life. They chose joy over pain. Here's the next thing we've studied. Choose to live by wisdom. Don't be a fool. I, I don't know I don't know what his parents were thinking. But there's actually a guy in the Bible whose name was Nabal. That's a Hebrew word. And it means committed fool. I don't know why their parents did that to that boy. But he were one. I purposely used crummy English so you would listen. Did he just say that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Choose wisdom over your own conniving, your own planning, your own ability. And how you do that, young people, get around older people to mentor you. Choose a man, a woman that has lived wise and learn from them. Be teachable all your life. Right now, I'm in a relationship with a pastor that lives in Florida who has planted churches all over this nation who is one of the smartest men of his generation, I think. And I am privileged to be in a relationship with 30 other pastors with that guy. And and I told him, I said, you may think this is crazy that a guy is going to be 68, God, in this relationship with you. But I want the last years of my life to be the best, to be the most effective. Why in the world choose to stay stupid when I know there's more I can learn? Come on, amen? I want to I be the best I can be. And if for no other reason, I've got these young people right here. And I've got young men and women that are looking to me and wanting to learn from me. I want to give them better than I can give them now. Because I know there are things I don't yet know. Choose to live by wisdom. Choose to live by the Holy Spirit. He, he is our guide. He is our comfort. And he has promised to give us divine power. In scripture it's called anointing. And that is an enablement from almighty God that will enable an ordinary person to do extraordinary things. Choose to live by faith. Don't just live by what you can see and what you can feel. They ever met somebody that everything is by how they feel. They're tough to live with because you never know are they're going to be up or down. So you're always kind of walking on eggshells. And folks, there are just some days when you can't feel it and so you faith it. I didn't say fake it. I said faith it. How you doing today, Dean? Oh man, I am blessed and highly favored. Inside I'm going, dying. But I, I'm blessed and highly favored. Hey, trust me. 60s is not for sissies, man. <laughs> so you, so there's just some days you faith it. Because that's all you could do. Come on, amen? amen? Sometimes even in your 20s, that's all you could do is faith it. Oh, 
yoga this morning. Good morning, Lord, by faith. Yes. Come on. Amen. Amen. But listen, we don't stop there. The next thing, you have to choose to have a right perspective of God. And I want to talk with you about that this morning and next week. Of how to have a right perspective of God. Because I find people can get a very distorted perception of God. Do you have your holy scriptures? Would you turn with me please to the book of James? Chapter 1. And I would like to read, if you would join me in reading, beginning at verse 16. The book of James is found in the New Testament. Go past Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You're going to go past the book of Romans. 1, 2 Corinthians. You're going to go past uh, all those little books of Thessalonians and Titus. Past the book of Hebrews. And there's the book of James. Of course, if you've got your iPhone, your Kindle, or whatever, it's really easy. You just... Go to James. Chapter 1, and we're going to look beginning at verse 16. Are you there? Holler amen if you are. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. I love that song we were just singing. You're a good, good father. And I know that's hard for some of you to grasp because your earthly relationships have not been good. And so when you try to see God as your father, the only, the only thing you could think of is that earthly relationship that came from a father who was absentee, a father who was harsh, domineering, maybe abusive, maybe an alcoholic. And, and so when you try to look at God the Father, I've had many, many people tell me, I have no problem relating to Jesus. I love Jesus. But man, the Father thing, that really gets me. And I want you to know that distortion of God comes out of the human experience. It's not who He really is. But see, there's a reason that in the verse just before where we read, the Apostle Paul says, Do not be deceived, brethren. Now, the old King James goes, do not err, my beloved brother. What's an err? Uh, err, uh, err, uh. No, that's not what he's saying. It's, it's literally, in, in the Greek, it's the word for don't be deceived. Don't let deception grip your heart. Don't let the enemy distort your perception of who Almighty God really is. Because every good gift and every perfect gift comes from Him. He's a good God. He's a good Father. I love how in uh, uh, God's Not Dead, the, the pastor from Africa and the American pastor, the pastor from Africa is going, always going, God is good all the time. God is good. Ever, and, and if you go, and I've been privileged to preach at a lot of African-American churches and in a lot of churches from, from Jamaica and other places in the Caribbean. And that's, they, they'll, oftentimes that's how they start church. God is good. 
God is good. Amen. <laughs> yeah. God is good. God is good. Amen. He's a good God. He's a good father. But see, from the very beginning, the enemy has wanted to distort the perception of God. So in Genesis chapter 3, he, he comes to Eve and he goes, hmm, uh, there's a tree over there you can't eat from, right? This is my paraphrase. Okay, everybody look at the other one and go, this is Dean's paraphrase. You know how that goes. Yeah. So he, and he, and he goes, and she goes, oh, no, 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 I can't eat of all the tree. That one right there, we're not supposed to eat it or touch it. Oh, bad mistake, Eve. God didn't say anything about touching it. He just said, don't eat it. Look in Scripture. God didn't say anything about touching it. He just said, don't eat. Okay. But then, obviously, the implication there is, and if you got any brains about you, you don't touch it either, because once you touch it, you want it. Don't pass a maple bar in front of me and expect me not to touch it. And if I touch it, it's gone. Or German chocolate cake. Or goo-goo cluster. You know, it's... In fact, just most anything that's sweet. Except pears. Keep them out of here. And then he says this. He said, you're not going to die. In fact, what you don't know is God really is not being good to you because he knows if you eat that, you'll be like God. You can be deity. You can be more than you are now. God's holding back on you. God's not a good God. He's not a fair God. And that's what Lucifer is doing to her. Of course, he's in the form of a serpent, right? But he's deceiving her. And he's distorting the image of God. And, and everything went downhill from there. And you and I live in the condition we live in today because she believed the lie of the enemy that had distorted her perception of Almighty God. And the enemy will try to keep you living less than God ever intended by distorting your perception of really who God is. But it's a lie. God is a good God. Do you know he did the same thing to Jesus? In Matthew chapter 4, records Jesus going to spend 40 days fasting and praying before he began his public ministry. And here comes Lucifer. And, and listen to his first question. If you are the Son of God. See, that's his same. That's how he comes to you. If you're really a child of God. You know, a child of God doesn't behave like that. You really think you're a child of God? You really think you're saved? You really think you've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You really, oh, who are you? Come on. He will distort your perception of God, and he wants to distort your perception of your true identity. That's why I wrote that little book, Discovering True Identity, because so many people the enemy has distorted in their mind who they really are in Jesus Christ. And hopefully in the fall, the third in that trilogy will come out, which picks up from where discovering true identity leaves off. And how to really walk and live in the fullness of who you are in Jesus Christ. Because God wants you to live the blessed life. God wants you to live the blessed life. God wants you 
to live the blessed life. Don't be deceived. Don't let the enemy deceive you. So where are we going with this? Look at me, if you will please, at the next slide. Would, would you say this with me, please? God has good for you. Say it with me. God has good for you. Now, would you please say it this way? God has good for me. Would you say it with me? God has good for me. One more time. God has good for me. Well, then, Pastor, how come I grew up in this home where I was beaten every day? How come my dad deserted us? If God has good for me, then how come I was raped? Why was I molested? And why do I have this disease? If God is a good God, why did my child die when they were two years old? If God is a good God, then why? You say God has good for me? Answer that, Pastor. And and I've had people say it to me even stronger than that. And I understand why. There's a lot of pain in this world. We go through a lot of pain in this world. And that's why we have to make the choice to live joyful and not live by the pain in our life. But dear ones, there's, there's not an easy answer to why people get cancer. Why people have a car wreck that leaves them crippled the rest of their life. Why on someone's honeymoon they're in a car wreck. A drunk driver runs into them and kills one of them. There's not an easy answer to why a child dies of SIDS. There's not an easy answer why a husband runs off with a younger chick and leaves a woman he's been married to and had children with over 26 years. There's not easy answers to those things. But let me tell you something that you do need to know and I hope will help you understand we really do serve a good God. We really do have a good Father. Okay? We really do. Now here's the answer. We live in a fallen world. Because of what I just mentioned a moment ago. Because Eve believed the distorted perception about God and she sinned. Then sin has been passed down from generation to generation. So we live in a world where people are basically sinners. Okay? Every parent in this room understands that. You did not have to teach your child how to lie. You didn't have to teach him about, look, you tell me the truth. And they're sitting there going, if I tell you the truth, you're going to beat my butt. Ain't no way I'm telling you the truth, right? Come on, we've all been there. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't change when we become adults on the job. And the boss is going, how in the world did that happen? Man, I don't know, came in here and did that. (laughs) Think on that a moment, you'll get it. (laughs) Come on. We're, we're basically sinners. We have to teach the kid to share. Right? Didn't have to teach him to be selfish. <laughs> Sometimes you got to teach adults that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my. So listen. Because we live in a sinful world, there's disease. 
There's natural disasters. There are drunk drivers. There are fathers whose hearts are truly filled with evil. But that doesn't define God. Well, why, why didn't God stop it? There's coming a day when God is going to stop all evil. But here's the thing. When he stops all evil, all opportunity for salvation is stopped also. And God's not willing any should perish. He wants to all to come to salvation. And so his promise to you is this. I will make all things work together for good to those who love me and to those who will live according to my will. I will make even this turn out for good. How can God do that? I don't know. He's a miracle working God. But you can trust his promise. And so while we live in a fallen world, dear ones, we can still live the blessed life. So let me speak a moment just to the graduates, if I may. Graduates, listen. Maybe you have come from a really dysfunctional home. Maybe you have come from a home where you've been abandoned. Maybe you've come from an alcoholic home or a drug-infected home. Maybe you've come from a home where, you know, the parents were there, but they just were not engaged, or, or they, they lived dysfunction themselves. They lived from drama to drama to drama. Okay, there are homes like that. But let me tell you something. That's not the water level. You do not have to let that define you. God said this, and he's not changed his mind. I know the thoughts I think for you. And my thoughts are for peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. The best is yet to come. I am the last person in the world my teachers would have dreamed would get a PhD, would even go to college. You've heard me say it before. Seventh grade, Havermill High School, teacher stood me up in front of the class and said, don't be like him, he'll be in prison by the time he's 21. Who would have dreamed that kid I was given up to be an invalid when I was 21 years old. They said, by the time you're 30, you'll never walk again. I don't look like it now. I used to run 10Ks. <laughs> it does change when you turn 60. <sighs> Who would have dreamed that this kid growing up in Spokane with a handicapped mom would sneak in to the Kremlin to do a prayer in the Kremlin, would be on Wenceslas Square in Prague witnessing, sharing the gospel when communism was still there, would be privileged in October of 1989 to go into Russia, go to Tashkent, Uzbekistan, 
standing in front of a 300-foot statue of Lenin and pray in the name of Jesus that communism would be cast to the ground and socialism would be crushed, having no idea, having no idea that seven days later, walking in the Afghan airport to our gate to catch our flight home, the headlines on the USA Today, the Berlin Wall comes down. Oh, God. Really? And just 10 days before that, I was sneaking into the Kremlin so I could pray. Oh, God. Really? Let me tell you about Pat Brown. Pat and Wally Brown are interesting. When I first met them, Wally was an agnostic. Pat was a backslidden Christian. Our son was doing an apprenticeship with him in a cabinet shop. Wally had opened a cabinet shop. He had been a very, very successful car dealer in the city of Portland. Was very good friends with the Jacobson family. Played golf regularly with Peter Jacobson and Mike Davis. And, and uh, uh, was a very successful man, but an agnostic. Pat was his wife. Backslidden Christian. They started coming to our church in Milwaukee and gave their life to Christ. Wally suddenly was diagnosed with cancer and was gone in a matter of weeks. Pat, at 60 years old, was left a widow. She got into our our personal evangelism ministry and then went with us on our trip to Israel in 1967. Came back in 1997, sorry. Came back from Israel and said, "I I, I gotta go back. She did some training and at 60 years of age went back as a missionary, first time missionary, ministering to the gypsies living in the city of Jerusalem. Teaching these Jewish gypsies how to read English using the Holy Bible. Served as a missionary. I'm wanting you to know, not just graduates, I'm wanting you to know, every one of you in this room, the best is before you. You haven't reached the water level yet. The best is before you. God wants you to know he greatly desires to do abundantly above and beyond what you could imagine or think. You can't even think of what God wants to do for you. It's beyond that. It is so much greater. The best is yet before you. Whether you're just graduating from high school or whether you're 60 or 65 or 68 or 78. The best is before you. Before you. Because we serve a good God. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.